0: the Hockey Podcast is back this week in the saddle again for episode number 42. This week we are covering uh, kind of the the middle-of-the-road teams, um, teams that could go either way here in the home stretch to the trade deadline as well as uh, toward the playoffs. So teams that could go either way. Uh, We're also going to recap with some headlines uh, across the hockey world from college and junior all the way through the pros. Uh, So stay with us. Warren Hockey Podcast, Episode Forty Two, Middle of the Road this week. Uh, before anything, before we get into the episode, uh, just make sure you uh, head to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That is at Warren Hockey Podcast war room the hockey podcast and at war hockey respectively make sure you follow and like us there make sure you uh engage with us write in any questions or comments that you may have um and head to spotify and apple podcasts subscribe uh this is the big one folks please 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 uh rate and review and share with family and friends anybody that you know at work anything like that and continue to help us with uh growing this podcast uh we greatly appreciate the love and the continued support uh anyways uh thank you quick introduction there for everybody uh settle in this is episode 42 of war room the hockey podcast Hockey podcast episode forty two is back this week. Um, some headlines to run through real quick: uh, BCHL road show February fifteenth and sixteenth, Langley Rivermen and Prince George Spruce Kings. Um, Ten dollar adult tickets, five dollar youth tickets at the Tamatick Arena and River Lodge. So that's the BCHL Roadshow. More information on BCHL.ca/roadshow. Uh, BCHL Go- Board of Governors have a, approved the realignment for uh, the 2021 season, uh, with the introduction of the Cranbrook Bucks. Uh, beginning in the 2021 season, the BCHL will move to from a three conference league, which is island, island, Mainland, and Interior, to a two conference league, um, with with nine teams per conference. Those conferences have been announced as the coastal conference with Albany Valley, Chilliwack, Coquitlam, Couchin Valley, Langley, Nanaimo, Powell River, Surrey, and Victoria. And the interior conference with Cranbrook, Merritt, Wenatchee, Penticton, Salmon Arm, Vernon, West Kelowna Trail, and all that. Um, Different realignment than I thought they'd do. I thought they'd balance out the and keep it three, but... It makes more sense to have two and nine teams each.
1: It, is that, is that paw, probably driven by travel? Is that, behind, is I would that assume what's so. behind it?
0: I would assume so. Yeah. Um, Ethan uh, Wolders of the Wenatchee Wild is yet another domino to fall in the NCAA commitment train. He commits to UMass Amherst in NCAA Division One. Of the teams in the BCHL, there are only four teams that have yet to clinch a playoff berth, um, and only three will achieve that. West Kelowna, Merritt, Prince George, and Victoria will be battling for those three remaining spots. It's safe we, to assume that, it, unfortunately, um, for them, it's likely to be Merritt that doesn't that doesn't get it, but probably. But I,
1: and I hate to say this, I. I should, I don't hate to say it. I hesitate to say it. It's not going to matter much. Uh,
0: WHL, Seth Jarvis of the Portland Winterhawks, named Player of the Month. Portland, Kamloops, Edmonton, and Prince Albert are running away with their respective divisions. Uh, The host Kelowna Rockets have fallen to a wild card spot. Not that it matters they're hosting, but still, um, they're in some trouble. NCAA, uh, North Dakota is the number one ranked team in the nation. They sit at with a record of twenty one and three throughout the year. Twenty one, three, and three. So they've only lost three times. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Cornell, Minnesota State, Clarkson, and Penn State are four surprise teams that make up uh, four of the top ten in the nation.
1: Is there a strength of schedule consideration in no. there? There's not. Is there? Everybody
0: kind of play it bounces around. I mean, everybody, everybody has their weekends where they play a a top school or a bottom school. Uh, USHL Waterloo Blackhawks and Chicago Steel lead the way in the in in their respective conferences. Uh, in six categories, the Chicago Steel have three players in the top five. Three players in the top five of points. Um, one in the top 5 of goals, one in the top 5 of assists. Their goalie is number 1 in the league and wins and their goalie as well is in the top 5 of goals against average. So the if, steel always put on a good program though in Chicago. There's a it's it's such a scouting world. Mm-hmm.
1: If you just if you don't scout and draft right whether you're in junior B or the show, if you don't scout and draft right, my gosh. What can you do? I mean, there's just there's no fighting it. You've got to continually, especially in in junior, where you see guys typically for about two years. You really got to stay on top of uh, of scrubbing the rinks for bantam and midget gems. Absolutely driven by scouting and, and drafting.
0: We touched on it last week, uh, but Martin Furk has the hardest shot in professional <laughs> hockey. At 109, what, 109 miles per hour. Um, harder than Chara and Shea Weber. That wasn't with that tricked out puck, was it? I, I don't know. Um, Hartford, uh, Belleville, Milwaukee, and Tucson are the division leaders in the AHL. William Nylander has 25 goals on the season. I threw that in on a headline just for you. Yeah, thanks. 25 goals on the season, so his man bun seems to be working for him. Is the man bun the new the man bun's got to be the new mullet, right? Well, that's what we hear. Yeah, okay. It, the millennial modern day version of a mullet the flow, if you will? I our, don't. Our favorite goalie has a has nice flow, but he doesn't have a man bun. So no, there you go. No man buns. Be like Tim from Home Improvement if he had a if he came with one of those, right? <laughs> find my find a dull pocket knife for that thing the poor Detroit Red Wings are on pace for 43 points this year.
1: Oh, how the mighty have fallen. That's, uh, that's a weird, uh, that was a weird one to watch. I mean, we talked about them five years ago being in decline. They clung to the playoffs a little bit. They were, but they have been irrelevant for a long time and never really got after a rebuild too much hanging on to the old bodies. Mike green, uh, you know, good career, good guy, but, you got to move on. Yeah.
0: The Battle of Alberta is alive and well. Smith and Talbot drop the mitts in the first goalie fight in 7 years.
1: It's about time. Not just not just about time that the Battle of Alberta matters, but boy. It's will nice to see
0: people with a little bit of heart and soul in the game. Question them. is, will they will we see Calgary and Edmonton face off in the playoffs if either one if they both make the playoffs? if they if they play, if they play in the first or second round however it all
1: shakes out i am unavailable for a week and a half while that's going on
0: yeah. it's going to be fantastic trade rumors continue to pick up with the deadline 3 weeks away um especially around Chris Kreider Dallas and Colorado the front runners for him with a prospect and a first round pick being the asking price
2: ridiculous Boston's he- in the mix he
0: doesn't produce
1: enough to get a prospect and a first rounder. He never has produced enough for that.
0: Just sharing, that sharing what's out there.
1: Overpriced. That's why he's still available, and he's banged up now. And he's probably going to want six or seven million dollars. Right. If, like, I know you're an Avalanche fan, just hope that they aren't serious about him. Yep. That's just one of those. I mean, that's not as bad as a Kevin Hayes. Yeah, those are, that's just going to be a bad signing for somebody.
0: Well, anyways, uh, War Room the Hockey Podcast, episode 42 this week. Um, before we really get into the meat of it, hit the subscribe button, rate and review, uh, share with family and friends, settle in for what is f- episode 42 this week. Right. Doing this for about a year, we're now 42 episodes in uh, and, of War Room the Hockey Podcast.
1: Yep. And we're getting ready to tell you guys, everybody. Exactly what your team needs to do, depending on where they are. Yes. So
0: settle in, War Room the Hockey Podcast, episode 42.
1: War Room the Hockey Podcast is proud to partner with Breakaway Brewing in downtown Summerland. The finest in small batch craft beer, and house-made food from local growers and sources. Open for lunch and dinner Wednesday through Sunday with weekly specials. Check BreakawayBrewingCompany.com. Or on Facebook and Instagram for the latest beer releases and menu news. Break away from the everyday.
0: Warren, the Hockey Podcast, episode 42 is uh, back. We are uh, covering uh, middle of the road teams this week. Uh, Teams that really, honestly, could go either way. We're going to exclude the LA Kings and the Detroit Red Wings. Um, They cannot, they're past the point even being last place of being considered middle of the road. Uh, teams like Chicago, Nashville, Winnipeg, Minnesota, um, Toronto, teams like that, kind of middle of the road, teams that could uh, go either way depending on what happens. Um, Chica- like- Chicago sits three points out as we speak of a playoff spot um, battling with Winnipeg. Uh, Minnesota and Nashville are only six points out. Um
1: there are so many teams
0: in this what
1: next category. Like you can throw out the high and the low, right? You throw out a handful at least at the top of the league. They know exactly what they're doing. They've already rebuilt. It's underway. They're good pipeline and they're competitive. You can throw out, like you said, you know what LA and Detroit, Ottawa, well, Ottawa's already underway, <clears throat> but add them with, you know, uh, LA and Detroit, probably the best best uh, examples and then most of the league falls into the category of whatever happens in the next two weeks determines our future like in Chicago good example do they peddle one of the goaltenders they lose five out of seven somebody's on the block well, they're both UFA anyway. Right, they've got to sign somebody and cut and let somebody go.
2: And Leonard, Leonard's already come out and said that he's he's learned his lesson with the negotiation process with the Islanders, so he's not exactly a lock to sign again.
1: Right. So and it, so, so they better they not pedal Seabrook. Probably he's no, out. No. He's out all season. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's. I think he's not only guys we got a heck of a no move clause as well. So you've got to be real careful with some of those guys. I mean, and. Honestly, the cap being what it is, there's a handful of reasons why there's not going to be a lot go on. When you look at this list of teams like we talked about last week. How many how many teams have you brought up a Chris Kreider? How many teams have the money to spend on Chris Kreider in addition to having the assets that they're willing to give away if they have them. Like how that that list gets real short real fast. So when you start whittling down the money The cap space, the assets to give away, that's a a real tough equation. And so, without spending too much time on every single team, there's a lot of teams in the question mark category. And they may not think they are right now, like a I don't know, pick somebody, like the Flyers, um, Carolina, Toronto. There's teams that may think they're in it. In two weeks, they're not in it, and
0: Something's got to give. So there's For, a lot Florida's turned Florida's turned things around. So they, yeah, they're they're playing some good hockey now. Um, would I guess something to ponder is does uh, the new information regarding uh, Dustin Bufflin free up Winnipeg at all if they can mutually terminate contract to to make a move that might push them into
2: the playoffs? It gives them cap space, but what, you know, what are it's, they going to give up? Who are they going to target? You know that you'd think they'd target someone on the blue line.
1: It's it, we talked about this last night. It it changes everything for Winnipeg, but it needed to happen eight months ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like Bufflin really
0: hooped Shemble day yeah. off.
1: He they he just simply did. They went all summer long. They let Truba get away. They let Sharat get away. They didn't sign anybody that was available like Justin Falk. They didn't try to make anything happen. And then they were stuck with, the, with his $7.5 million cap hit. And then he floats around until Christmas and decides, well, gee, I don't know what I'm going to do. That was, a, that was a debacle. And I've, I'm surprised at the discretion of Kevin Sheveldayoff that he hasn't come out and just skewered Buffy for doing what he did. Because he really, really kind of ruined the season.
0: Uh, here's a question um, regarding uh, Toronto. Frederick Anderson's health. Does that put pressure on Dubis to go out and add a goalie?
2: After Hutchinson went 0 and five with a gajillion goals against average in his first six starts, so he had pressure. and He's had pressure on him all season. Every time that guy plays, he's just full of holes. It's you know blame it you know blame some of them on defense and bad bounces, but. Every time that guy plays, he's got a he's got an 850 or worse. It's you know, something's got to give there.
0: Because right now it's Hutchison and Kaskasuo. Yeah,
2: you know, you've got you've got guys like Matthews and Marner and Nylander, and, and you can you can say that they're they're key to the Maple Leafs' success. But there's only one guy that can actually provide wins on a steady basis for them. and That's Freddie Anderson. He if he doesn't play, they don't win games. They've been missing their top defender for what three weeks now, Morgan Riley?
1: and winning right you know just haven't missed a beat, playing really well up until last night when uh, when they lost to Florida at home after blowing a, th- a two-goal lead in the third period. But I digress. There's there's more pressure on Anderson than any other goaltender oh, in the NHL. For sure. That's a team he's, that's he's, built to win. It's a city that thinks they're going to win right now, and they are only going as far as Freddie can take
2: them. They may as well play with six guys on the ice if Freddie's not in the lineup. Right.
1: That's that's a great question, and yes. So the answer to the question: Yes, he's under pressure. He's been under pressure for three or four months.
0: And, but I mean, the question being: Now that Anderson's day to day, now that there's an actual health concern, does it add pressure?
2: I don't know why. He, I don't know why Dubas hasn't done anything already. I mean, they've already waived Hutchinson. Cascazus was like below mediocre when he came in and, and had his small. His small stint there, right? He's if 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 Dubas has learned anything from around the league, you have to have good goaltending in the playoffs, and that's generally what what it's what's the problem with the Leafs when they get there? Freddie's just so tired from being leaned upon all season. Yep. Why they haven't gone out and acquired somebody that can step in via injury or just a just a cold streak is is beyond me. I, you know, they're all concerned about you know starting contract talks with Muzzin and stuff, but they need to go out and they need to go out and figure out their backup goaltender situation because.
1: Ian Scott's still a couple of years away on the uh, on the best case. Yeah,
2: and Joe Wall. I mean, they're they're just yeah. they're not NHL ready yet. Nope. And they need to go out and find themselves a you know a, Gyor- a Georgiev or something. Right. There's, I mean, there's no other choice at this point. You yeah, want to make the playoffs and lose in the first round, you know, like they have been, then stand pat. But Freddie's their key to the key to their success. And if they don't address the situation beyond him, then their their entire the entire franchise rests on his shoulders. Mm-hmm.
1: First round draft pick went to get rid of Patrick Marlowe, went to Carolina. First round draft pick went to L.A. to acquire Jake Muzzin. I mean, they they haven't drafted in the first round in how long?
2: Well, if they want to free up some cap and and, and use an asset to get something, then you know, as dumb as it may sound, someone like Captain or Johnson needs to go because they've got guys like you know like Engvall and Trevor Moore and, and guys like that that can, can step in and, and Mikhaev will come back and, you know at some point. But. Right. You know, use somebody that you know, free up three million dollars, and, and trade Johnson and get a get a decent backup goaltender or, or shore up the defense or something. But, you know, you've you've got assets on on the forward side, and and you got to do something because you can't just you can't. I mean, Freddie, the pressure is, as a goaltender, the pressure is is a whole nother game that you have to play outside the actual game itself.
1: You would know. And it's, it doesn't matter. You you just. Everybody knows, everybody's proven it since the beginning of time. You cannot outscore your mistakes. The Edmonton Oilers came pretty close in the early 80s, but that's, as, that's the most anybody has ever gotten away with outscoring
2: your blunders. What good does it do to have a good starting pitcher if he has a bad outing and you can't rely on your bullpen? Right.
1: And run support doesn't matter for Freddie or for Hutchinson, right? No matter how much they get. I mean, they're losing games 6-5.
0: It's ridiculous. Is Calgary considered a middle of the road team? I certainly don't think so. Do you? I I I just think
2: I think think they underachieved at the beginning of the season, and you know they've they've kind of figured it out, you know, a little bit here and big save. Dave has come up big for him here recently, but I mean, you know, from one day to the next, that whole Pacific Division could go could flip upside down. You know, who's got more games in hand? Who plays who head to head? I mean.
1: There, it, it, that whole that whole division is has been within a couple of points of each other from top to bottom
0: for the whole Western Conference. Really has been. Yeah. Uh, a lot of teams so. are,
1: are just like you said, Evan. Uh, I mean, guys are waiting to waiting to answer the question. Like we're standing, Pat. It's literally a night a night on night event.
0: Where are we? Hmm. Yeah. Uh. Anybody in uh, in the East? You mentioned it earlier. Carolina. Um, the Islanders even kind of fallen. Uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia looks Mont- strong. Montreal, so. Toronto. Um, well,
1: let's do this. I'll, I'll tell you who you can throw out, from at least from the east. You can toss out Washington, Boston, Pittsburgh, Tampa. Well, they're, yeah, they're... And probably the Flyers. Those are teams that are not going to be looking to do much.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, as well you as, might, well, I, I what's your definition of doing much, though? Well, in terms of, because there's different ways to say it. Detroit and Ottawa could do a lot in the sake of their rebuilds. Certain teams could do some in term, in terms of pushing themselves to the playoffs. So I guess it depends on what your definition of doing a lot would be. If, that would be adding depth.
2: If I'm o- if I'm Ottawa, I, you know, I know JG Pajo has been in in kind of the rumor mill, but if you've got if you've got a first round pick of your own, that's going to be top ten, and the Sharks are are continuing to falter. You're going to have two two really early early picks, and and keeping guys like Duclair and and JG Paggio in the lineup to to bring along rookies like. Logan Brown, Jake Bathers or uh, Drake Batherson, uh Vitaly Abramov—all those kids that they've got in the lineup, as well as two first-round picks, and not just first-round picks, top ten picks, high picks. Stand, stand pat if you are them. Try to sign the, try to sign guys like Pajot. him, and he's got, he's got captain potential, you know, in that in that lineup as as not only a veteran. I mean, Brady Kachuk is going to be considered a veteran at age twenty-one, you know, with that lineup. So stand pat with those guys. Try to sign the guys that that you know are proven, and uh, and just and continue along the lines of. Of drafting well, you've got all the picks in the world, and you know things might be rough right now, but I guarantee you, in two three years, if, if they can if they can keep you know, somewhat of that lineup together, and obviously Andy's getting a little bit old, I think I don't know if Nelson's really got it, you know, in his, in his bag of tricks to really be a, a solid starter, but maybe address goaltending, but you know, keep the other role players in there. I mean, you've got you've got kids coming along. You've got, I think, three players in the top ten in AHL scoring uh, in that in the. Um, with the with the AHL program there so you know they're on the right track I don't, I don't yep. think they need to, I don't think they need to sell anything this year
1: no I I don't either and that's the, that's what you're we talking about earlier is uh, them being one of the few teams at the bottom of the standings that know exactly where they're headed and don't need to do much they got five picks in the first two rounds and a pipeline full of great kids so that's gonna that's gonna be a team that uh, you know they're they're probably
2: two or three years away,
1: but they're going to be a real nuisance pretty soon.
2: I mean they're they're different from a team like Anaheim, who's, I mean I don't think Anaheim needs to necessarily sell anybody, but what Anaheim's focus needs to be is is you know all the guys that they brought along last you know last year and this year and and next year that you know their kids like Steele and Comtois and Terry and Jones and those guys, they're going to be coming off entry level deals and and then, you know they got to they got to start preparing for the expansion draft you know, if you're going to sell, sell somebody that you're going to be okay with, you know, leaving in the expansion draft and try to get something for them now and, and protect your assets, you know, protect the kids. I don't think they need to sell and try to, you know, you know, stockpile picks at this point. I think they need to, they need to sell somebody like, you know, as much as I hate to say it, or, you know, like a guy like Jacob Silverberg is having a really good season, makes $5 million. But I mean, when it comes to, protection are you going to want to get you know are you going to want to get rid of silverberg you going to get, want to get rid of Comtois? i mean right. these guy's are going to be coming off entry-level deals and you know you, you, you know there are some teams that, that need to address the expansion draft situation because that's that's looming and there are a lot of teams that are at the bottom of the you know at the bottom of the standings that that are going to have to figure out what they're going to do with that aspect you know they got aging veterans and young kids figure out who you're going to keep and and try to sell off the rest now before it's too late that's that's a team that has – you
1: um, You talk about closing the gap, and normally that's where you're how, – how saggy your defensemen are with the forwards. Closing the gap on your roster, if you've got a – half your roster is 34 and the other half is 19, you find yourself in, in trouble with a lot of and, – and now you've got cap trouble with the old guys, and the young guys are coming into RFA status, and that that's trouble. So that's why – Going back to our junior discussion, you got to keep a level of guys coming. You, if you don't draft at least one bona fide NHL guy a year, sometimes two, you get you, you cannot flunk the draft two years in a row, or it, it's going to get you in trouble. That's all there is to it. Yeah. So, so uh, what do you what do you see Colorado doing? And before we move out of Anaheim. What does your objective mind tell you is going to happen to Getzlaf?
0: Objectivity is key, because <laughs> we both can get a little emotional
2: about our teams. Do also, we need to go to commercial while you get uh, get <laughs> well, recenter yourself? Subjectively speaking, he needs to stay. <laughs> I, I knew that. Didn't want to waste airtime uh, on that one. Objectively speaking, though, I don't I don't see a reason why why you'd get rid of someone like that. Uh, I mean, someone that someone that you can keep as a as not only a leader for a bunch of kids, I mean, how many how many guys do they have in their lineup now that are twenty twenty one? They got, I mean, they got a their lot. they got their four kids, and then other than that, you know, they got a couple of middle of the road guys like Soferberg and Raquel. But I mean, what does what does getting rid of Geslaf get you? I mean, it it depends on where he goes and who's willing to give up what. But I know his his name's been linked to teams like Edmonton, but Ed, you know, Holland's already come out and said he's not going to part with their first round pick. And if you're the docs, if you're not gonna get at least a first round pick for Getzlaff, I mean what good is what good does it do to, you know, to trade your captain and you know, and basically do what the Flames did with the Ginla a number of years ago? Keep the veteran presence. I mean, he still produces. You know, take a team that's offensively challenged like that and a and a guy like that and, and try to trade somebody else. You know, get rid of a, a Nick Ritchie or a Jakob Silverberg or something. I mean Silverberg's a he's a solid guy, but he's He's topped 50 points one time in his career. You know, sell him for a first-round pick, and then you don't have to worry about him in the draft. You still got the kids coming up, and you got you know you got guys that haven't shown up yet, like Zegers and Braden Tracy. But getting rid of Getzloff just doesn't make sense, both subjectively and objectively. He's a no. Nope. He's a, you know they haven't had a lifetime duck in their whole career. I mean, Korea and Solani both ended up leaving at some point. You know, he's he's Mr. Duck. He's played the most games in franchise history. You know. And not only that, he's not just an aging veteran who's not producing anymore, like Marlowe. You know, a couple years ago in, in San Jose, he still gets it done. He's, you know, he's still at the top of their uh, at the statistical leaderboard. You know, someone like that is just not worth getting getting a first round pick, and especially on a team, from you know, trading him to a to a contender who who wants to deepen their, uh, you know, deepen their roster. It, you know, what's that going to get you? A twenty fifth overall pick? I mean, pick your poison. You know, he's got one year after this on his eight million dollar deal. I'm sure at the age of 35, when that's up, he, he'd be willing to take a cut off of that. You know, to, you know, to kind of try to keep the the rebuild together. But I don't, I don't see what good that does.
1: They don't have anybody coming up on expiring deals that is going to be, make a difference either in the quality of their roster or in their salary cap. Yeah. They got a bunch of
0: min- so that. Would be my only guys. question with it. That's the question I was thinking while he was. Saying all that was that, you know, I, to me, from a leadership perspective, it doesn't make sense for them to trade gets left. No, But from the perspective of Steele, Comtois, and these guys that are eventually going to be running out of ELCs, and who else, with exception of maybe Silverberg, is close to an $8 million cap hit, right? And what, what do you need, what do you, to a point where you almost got to make a decision, right, of... Freeing up the cap space to to re-sign a number of your guys for the sake of the the future, right? Yeah. That's the only th- thought process. Yeah. I, from from a hockey perspective, in and everything, it doesn't make sense to trade him from a, a locker room perspective and a hockey perspective. the The only the only thing I say for the sake of devil's advocate is, you know, eight million dollar hit. Who who if anybody? And it's a moot point if if it's nobody for the next. Two or three years, but who's coming up at the end of an ELC that needs a big contract extension? So honestly,
2: I mean, I mean, looking up and down their roster, you know, I know Kasha's name's been linked to a lot of to a lot of rumors. I know he was linked to Justin Falk rumors at the beginning of the season, but getting rid of a guy like that, he makes two point six this year and next. I mean, that's an underachieving forward core as it is. So I mean, you get you get a couple of those guys some more experience, uh, you know, and and guys like Kasha, you're going to be. You're gonna be. You trade Kasha now. In two years, you're gonna be looking to acquire a guy like Kasha, and you know. And Raquel makes three point seven for the next couple of years. The only guy that makes sense on that forward core that they could get something decent out of is Silverberg because to a, to a contender, a five million five million dollars isn't isn't much to eat for a guy like that. You you stick him into the right role. Everyone else either is on a great contract like Raquel, or is a leader like Henrik and Getzlaff. And, you know, the Ducks are one of those strange teams that, you know, they're at the bottom of the lineup, but they, or they're the, they're at the bottom of the standings, I mean, because they're just, they got a bunch of kids who are gripping the stick too tight. You know, pucks bouncing over their stick, you know, missing wide open nets. You know, other than that, it's just, you got aging veterans, or you got kids. And I think they're one of those, you know, strange... Rare teams that are at the bottom of standings that aren't—I don't think they should buy or sell. Yeah, I, stand pat. Bring the kids along. get bring the more kids. experience. Like bring up Gooley and Mahura. Get—I mean, I like Derek Grant and you know and guys Bounty. like that. But I mean, guys like Delorié and stuff. I mean, and Devin Shores. You know, he's not bad. But just bring the kids along. You're at the bottom of the line. You're at the bottom of the standings. I mean, and you're not gonna. Yeah. You, you know, you're not gonna climb. Nor at this point do you really want to. So sell off some of the dead weight and just bring in guys like that. I mean, if, if Comtois and Terry and Jones and Steele and those guys' contracts are going to, you know, their ELCs are going to expire before the expansion draft anyway, what what harm does it do to bring them along now? Get them 15, get 16 him minutes a night. Get them some power play time. You know, have them, not, have them get knocked around by, by some of the stronger teams in the league. You know, get stronger and get better. You know, that's, that's what they need. They're one of those rare teams that needs to stand pat despite the fact that they're at the bottom of standings. Agreed.
1: So what was Sakic doing in uh, Toronto? I don't know. Well, come on, scouting, t- scouting Tyson Berry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yes, <laughs> good one. Well, was he in you, Toronto? Yeah, he was a game. That. He was at the, was uh, at the uh, Florida Leafs game? game.
0: Leafs, Florida. Yeah,
2: hmm? yesterday.
0: Hmm. I missed that. No, i I look at their I look at their lineup. I the only one that could get you anything for that has any level of potential, but it's just been hampered by some unfortunate injuries is vlad Kamenev
2: yeah that or That's, just a massive underachiever i mean you know maybe blame it on time on ice or, you know or, or being buried in the bottom six but you could probably sell jost for a decent bit right now i mean the guy just he hasn't really he hasn't improved he season on late. season yeah and you know you might be able to trade trade him to a team who'd be willing to take a risk on someone like that and and get something for him at this point you know whether that's a rental player or not, but I mean, Jost is... And he's he's proven he's an NHL caliber player, but he doesn't uh, he doesn't get the the production that you'd think he would at this point of his career. Now, he's a if you got the right offer for him,
1: okay, but he's not somebody that's going to fetch much either, based on what he's done. So,
2: well, it has to be the you, right offer. Well, it's potential that. That would right. that would sell teams and fit him. yeah the right fit but
0: it would have to be the right offer because right now he f- he's playing tremendous hockey whether he may not be on the score sheet but he's playing he he's playing tremendous hockey yep. and he's contributing every game in the in the bottom six and and part of that part of it maybe you know is from my perspective as a fan but anybody else's, temper your expectations. Maybe 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 he's coming in after a good couple years in North Dakota, and maybe he's just not going to be a guy that that pots you that that twenty goals or this or that. But maybe he and clearly he's proving he can contribute in in a bottom six role role playing position. So he's playing tremendous with with and everybody in the bottom six right now. So from that's that a, from that perspective I don't from from a subjective as well as an objective perspective I I don't care if he pots 20 goals or 12 if he's if he's contributing and he's a and you notice him on the ice I I don't really care whether he's fourth line or first line he's he's a guy that's contributing game in and game out and there's no disputing that well you're the so we talked about the teams uh, in the East that you can throw out as they're not
1: doing anything other than if they get a chance to add some cheap depth, mm-hmm. a seventh defenseman, a, a bottom, a bottom three or a bottom uh, six forward. Out West, it, St. Louis is not going to do much of anything. Vancouver is, you know, they're they're on a really good trajectory right now. I wouldn't now.
2: touch that lineup. No,
1: not at all. Um, Dallas looks good. Colorado looks good. If I'm Joe Sakic, I I don't do much of anything with that roster. I just I take the phone off the hook for now, so nobody talks you out of a decent asset.
2: I'm I'm still baffled but, at Edmonton.
1: Well, there. This is a team. This is one of many. Edmonton, Vegas, Calgary, Arizona, Winnipeg, Nashville, Montreal, Buffalo, Minnesota. Uh, there. That the worst thing you can have is to be stuck in mediocrity. These are Hovering around 500 teams, maybe wildcard teams, maybe not, depending on if they get decent goaltending and stay healthy. But you're drafting in the middle of the round. You're not getting game changers unless you find a gem someplace. And so every year, this is the kind of treadmill that you're on. And and that's, you know, there's teams that I would put Chicago and the Rangers in the category have already begun a pretty successful rebuild. They're competitive. They're able to lop off some of their old contracts like Seabrook and guys like that in Chicago and Hank out of New York but they're they're going to be they're getting better there are teams that are not very good or mediocre at least like San Jose Minnesota maybe Buffalo certainly Montreal they're not they may not be done getting bad yet They, I mean just My these button. are teams that, that
2: could free fall they could get hot, but boy, oh boy, are they stuck in a in a middling rut. If you if you consider where Buffalo's at right now, I mean, obviously they had they had a really hot start in October, but they don't they don't have much that supports Jack Eichel. And if no. and I know they're not exactly you know close to a playoff position at this point, but if you just if you get get a little bit of depth, you know, to go along with Eichel, I mean, the guy's already the the sole focus of other teams' defense. And he still can't be stopped. Right. Get a couple of other guys in that line. It's like Edmonton. Buffalo should be like Edmonton. I think Edmonton's been overachieving all season. Edmonton's got nothing outside Dreysidel and and McDavid. I mean Nuge is is he's all right, but you know, what's this, you know, Riley Sheehan first line winger, Zach Cassie and stuff. (laughs) I mean they don't Buffalo and Edmonton, I think, are in the same boat. I think Edmonton's just been overachieving and, and Buffalo's right where they right where they should be. So it, it's one of those weird conundrums of lack of depth. And it's certainly in Edmonton's in Edmonton's scenario, you know, lack of depth, but overachieving. You know, I don't know. I don't. I honestly still don't know how they're at where they are. You know, surviving on guys like Chase On and Riley Shea and stuff. But so give me the. Are you are you sure? So you're convinced that Chicago's
0: already in the middle and of a successful rebuild that they're not. In a position where they're they still have a, some falling to if, do. If they, you sure look,
1: look, they sure look they sure looked like it to me. They, I mean, Kubalek look looks good and, right. and things yeah. like
0: that. And
2: Dylan strong has been hurt for how long now? He's not even in the lineup right now, and mm-hmm. he's he had a good start to the season. So uh, Chicago's one of those teams they they lop off some some dead weight salary and and you know acquire either some young studs or, or bring some guys along and then they're they're right there. They shore up their goaltending, make sure they know what they're going that they know what they're doing there. And, uh, you know, they're certainly not anywhere near the top, but they're certainly not anywhere near the bottom either.
0: True. I, I look at it, though, from the perspective of anything happens with, with Crawford and Leonard and Kane goes down, they're in trouble. Has so Kane I, ever
2: I, gone down? <laughs>
1: yeah, right. But true. But <laughs> That's, the, the that's point, pretty much true with every the,
0: team. It is. But th- for the sake of argument, though, you know, have they done enough to where, where you know, Kane and Taves and these guys can have— and they pr- they've they proven that they haven't really through their career. But f- for the sake of argument, can, can have you added enough that these guys can go 15 games with injury or uh, six-game no. slump or whatever, and you're still winning hockey games no. and producing? No. And that's, that's my argument.
1: No. They, they still—well, they're not—all uh, I'm saying about a team like Chicago is that they look like they've reached their low point— and now with guys that, that are coming along uh, and and becoming real good pros like Kubelik and Kirby Dak and DeBrinckit certainly was proven himself, Dylan Strom, maybe the Nylander kid, you know, you got guys that now are coming, the, they're coming the right direction. You can see this lineup has a year or two to build itself into something pretty solid up front. And in the back, I still like what they've done, you know, on the back, they've, the Boquist kid is going to be good, Slater Cuckoo's fine, Connor Murphy Ali Mata. You know, if you get if if they stay healthy they're solid. They got to figure out it figure it out in goal. Uh, but that's they're just one of a couple of teams and the Rangers maybe being the other obvious one that looked like they have they bottomed out this all. Yeah. So go through, how about this? So we don't get stuck. Give me the give me the one sentence answer on some of these middle teams i mean uh, let's look at some of these guys and tell me we've talked at the top about what we're going to tell you what to do
0: well name it namely
1: start naming some teams and we will give you i'll give you i'm just going to go right from top to bottom okay so as we said washington boston pittsburgh st louis tampa vancouver probably the flyers Dallas they're not doing anything to speak of. They might add a depth guy, they might, you know, there might be a little bit of tweaking, but you're not going to see much happen there. Columbus has a lot of cap space. What do you do if you're if you're Columbus Blue Jackets?
2: Stay the course and,
0: and we're avoiding Josh Anderson to Toronto. Okay. If you're By Columbus,
2: way. stay the course. Uh you're already overachieving ride it out. You know, you you miss the playoffs, you're already better than what everyone expected after guys like Dezingle, Duchesne, Panarin, and Bob left. Stay the course. you still got young guys like, I mean, even Sonny Milano still fighting for a roster spot. You know, guys like, you know, the the emergence of guys like Robinson and Gavrikov and Bemstrom and stuff. You yeah. know, they've got the depth they need. They've got the production they need. They've got the leadership they need. Stay the course. If you miss the playoffs this year,
1: only El- hope to go up from there. Elvis
2: Merce-Leakins... A
1: surprise out of nowhere,
2: standing on his head, and they're really solid on defense. A couple of years ago, he was regarded as the best goaltender not playing in the NHL at the time. Yeah. So I mean, to some, he's a surprise, but to the real, to the real nerds, I mean, you can't you can't be surprised with how that's gone. Just I mean, maybe surprised with with the way the team's playing, but and he's I, he's he's solid. And the he's, next he's one better than Corpusalo, Corpusalo may come back yeah. and, and not even be the starter not anymore. Have a job. So. Next one on the list
1: is the Islanders, and I'd say the Islanders. Obviously, they need some scoring help. They, they need
0: front line scoring help. To me, they're buyers at the deadline. They've got to find. Sc- they've got to that's find. That's my one sentence front. answer. They're, yep. they're buyers at the deadline because with Trots behind your bench, yeah, and with you know Anders Lee's proven to be a Brock quality Nelson's. leader, and yep. you know, and they've got some some production up front, and. Nick Letty and these guys on the back end Here. and everything like that. And you know, for all the criticism he's gotten, Varley's turned himself around yeah, this year maybe. to be a, a solid one-two punch with with Grice. But they need at least some depth. And to me, they're 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 buyers at the deadline to at least bring in a, de- a they depth, need a threat, a depth piece or two, they're... or or at least a, or if any if not depth a. Goal scoring. They need a threat. They've I mean, proven that I mean, pure I've, goal scorer. Yes. Obviously,
2: under trots you know defense comes first. And I think I think it was the Ducks at some point a couple of months ago that was the first team to beat them in over fifty games. Uh, you know, to, they were the first team to beat the Islanders after the Islanders had scored three goals. Right. So it took over fifty games with Trotz there to to lose a game after scoring three goals or more. So obviously defense comes first you get a couple of guys that can score and you get your get your goals per game up you know around the, the league leaders like the Avs and the Panthers and, and you know that 3.5 3.6 range and yeah. guys like Grice and Varley are in, and the defense that they have there under the system that Trots has and you know all of a sudden they're just right back to where they were at the very beginning of the season they're scary. the
1: reason that they're not likely, to have anything going on there, and not likely to break any news, is that Lou Lamarello is just one of those guys who he may not even have a cell phone yet. He's just not in the market. Yep. Yeah, very, very seldom is he doing much of anything. Maybe in the off season. Uh, down to Carolina Panthers. Car- I, got, Ca- I got
0: Carolina Hurricanes.
1: Right, Carolina Hurricanes. Sorry. I was looking at Florida Panthers. Carolina
0: Panthers is a football team. Uh,
1: well, yeah, I was, but I'm. They're right next to Florida.
0: Okay. Uh Carolina's two words for you. Carolina's on the rise. Goaltending. tending. If they get a a quality, right. if they get a decent goaltender, and maybe a depth piece or two. They're they're solid. Top.
2: I don't think goaltending is a problem. As much as I've disliked Mrazek in the past, even <laughs> even rhymer in his last, uh yeah. saying his last fifteen games, he's got a two point four five and and like a nine nineteen. Carolina is one of those weird teams that, I think they're I think they're underachieving a little bit for where they are, or they're just stuck in a division that's backed up, just like in the Pacific. I think if I'm Carolina. I'm one of those teams that gets, you know, maybe a depth player in case there's an injury or something. But, I mean, you saw how far they went last year when not a single person in the hockey world expected them to. Right. Expectations go up. You know, everyone's a year older. Obviously, guys like Sveshnikov have already, you know, beaten their their uh, point totals from last season. I think, I think they stand pat.
1: There's a handful here that we just simply don't have time to grind through. And... <laughs> We touched on Toronto, we talked about Colorado a little bit. Edmonton is another
0: one. No cap space. Well the one Not... sentence answer for Edmonton that I think is a longer well, when are they gonna come back? So two sentences then. <laughs> one, when are they gonna come back to Earth? And two, and I guess they kinda goes hand in hand so you can prolong that sentence. And I think it's but I think it's longer than this year's deadline for them is when are you gonna pull your head out of your ass? And st- and start doing what you need to hockey decision wise to put quality pieces with McDavid.
2: None of the cap. We but get, that's can't... what I
0: mean. You got to make hockey decisions to free up the cap space and add somebody with McDavid. You just you have to. because they... otherwise you're going to be opening yourself up in whenever his contract's up to McDavid saying no, I'm gone.
1: Perfect world, but. First off, they don't have cap. They don't have assets because back to our original discussion, they drafted like dum dums for like six or seven years. They didn't come out of that draft with anybody until they got McDavid.
2: And the big cap hits they do have are guys like Nugent Hopkins outside Drysidel and McDavid. Are there guys like Nugent Hopkins and James Neal. And you know, they're outside McDavid and Drysidal, the only ones producing. So you can't really get rid of someone who's who's eating up too much cap. And you don't have any you don't have any kids you're gonna give up and Holland's already said he's not giving up his first round pick, so I think Edmonton's one of those teams that just has to ride it out, see where they go. Oh, kind of I, really agree. I agree. Yeah. The
0: the argument though is still you gotta it's no matter what it is, they they don't have cap space, but you gotta have somebody with McDavid at some point.
2: No matter what you do to do that, I think they're just I think they're just hoping and praying on Yamamoto right now that, that it comes from within. Well,
0: that's right. Ride it out, and maybe Yamamoto can can be that. Well, this is the.
1: But that's exactly right because you you don't in Edmonton like you're both right. They got to do something, like you said, like Owen said. They don't have the, they, they don't have options. Well, yeah, they, so, they can't. They
0: don't have the options or but, the cap.
1: But you, the good news is, if you're an Edmonton Oilers fan, the reason you hire a guy like Dave Tippett is he. He classically coaches overachievers. Yeah. So he, if there's somebody that's going to get miles out of Chason and Yamamoto and guys like that, it's going or Riley Sheehan. It's going to be Dave Tippett
2: because Cassian's he's, he's not a first line winger anywhere else. I mean, it kind of speaks for itself. He's he's a bodyguard,
1: but he's a ten or fifteen goal bodyguard, which is like who else has that?
0: right? But now? to his argument. Washington. He's not a first line yeah. winger anywhere else because without playing with McDavid, does he have the ice and the space to do that? Well, you t- you talk all the time about, oh about well, I'm not high on Jake Gensel because well, he plays with Crosby. Well, it's about who you play with. Well, if he's not, can we say that he's a 15 12 fifteen goal winger if he's not out there with Dryside and McDavid? He doesn't have every the speed or the single hands. game.
1: Well, maybe, maybe not, but think how many wingers McDavid has been through over the years.
0: True, and, 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 Strom and to Edelman. Cassian's credit, he has he has revitalized himself because he bounced around a little bit. Right, he's revitalized himself, and he, no matter who he's playing with, he's proven that he can at least keep up enough to produce with McDavid. Good on him. My only argument, and I think it's his as well, is you put him anywhere else. You put, put him in a middle-of-the-road team that we've been talking about. Is he a 12-15 goal guy? No, no, he's not. No. Because those middle-of-the-road teams have yet to have a, a McDavid, a McKinnon, a Crosby, a Stamkos, a Kucherov, anybody right. like that that can create the space and get him the puck. He's not going to score
1: that way, and i got nothing against the guy. He's not going to score with Nick Bonino or That's Zucker. That's the or point.
0: That, so, so credit to him, credit where it's due, but to his argument is he a 15 goal guy outside of playing with McDavid no. in Edmonton no the answer so
1: so uh it, yes or no so we can keep going is Arizona good enough with Taylor Hall or are they not
2: they need Kemper three yeah, words for sure three words they need Kemper. Kemper if they if they have Kemper they're they are if they don't they're you for know, the sake of a, maybe, voiper, a wi- maybe a wild card team, if other teams falter. For the
0: sake of avoiding the button pushing, <laughs> objectively, they need a piece or two. Yeah. Okay. To, to be there. So what? Are, uh, what subject things? subjectively, Arizona, screw you, arizona's Arizona's playing. F- Cockett has so, them playing tremendously. I don't think they need All anything. For team, what they need
2: is Kemper back. He's a Vesna candidate. He's yeah. the reason why they were at the top they when need their, he They need got their star hurt. goalie. Yeah.
0: And so, if if anything else, maybe a depth another
2: guy. But that
0: it that's it. That's in the reaching. case of injury. Yeah, that's but, reaching.
2: But I mean, guys, guys like I mean, they've got they got guys like uh, Dvorak and Schmaltz and and you know stars like Kessel and, and Hall and Hinnestrosa. I mean step-ends, you know, underachieving a little bit, but other than that, I mean guys on the defensive side of things, I mean Chekrin's having a career year. I like Jake Chekrin. Larson's always been good. Yep. Goligoski's solid. Yep. Yeah. And they got what they need there. And Chikrin's they got pretty kids. Aggressive too. And they got kids coming too. Yeah. I mean, so they're the one of those teams. Well. That don't mortgage your future. Stand pat, hope Kemper can come back and and you know, just keep fighting. For where they are now, and hope another team like you know uh, a Vegas or someone or an Edmonton you know falters a bit.
1: We're still believers in Vegas, right? Yeah, they're underachieving. Yeah,
2: I think so. If they get
1: if they get a good slap in the face, they you know they're still a team that can win at the right time. I they have get too into much. The playoffs, they may be real tough to handle. I they have too much
0: have... respect for a, a marc Andre Fleury and and um, oh. and a Nate Schmidt. I love Nate Schmidt I do too. Um, and things oh, like the that I, great. to be. To, or to say that I don't think they're there, no. but um, well, but that whatever the reason, underachieving or not, you know, at some point here in the home stretch, they're going to have to start to turn it on so they have some momentum going in the playoffs. You would think. So here's a handful that fall into the same
1: category, and apologies if you're a fan of one of these teams, but if so. You may want to just change the channel for a while. Winnipeg Jets, love them. Chevy and Maurice, love those guys. Great team. Big respect for Wheeler. Nashville Predators. Montreal Canadiens. Buffalo, Minnesota, San Jose. These are teams that are in various forms of trouble. Kids coming, contracts, every, every team you just listed hasn't
0: reached the bottom yet. Probably right. Um, probably right. the only team that i in that that like, maybe two teams depending on how you look at it um that with the right hockey moves and things like that might rise a little bit before they fall um, winnipeg mm-hmm. um, if they can if they can have an off season where they can sort out their defensive issues minus bufflin and things um, and not be left at the short end of the stick last minute like they were. I think they could be a uh, still a playoff team for the next couple of years. Um, and to me, to me, the team that it's that it is harder to figure out what they're going to do, um, but just baffles me about where they actually are is Nashville.
2: Yeah. They're in trouble. They, got a, trouble. they got a bunch of guys underachieving who make way too much. Tourists, Johansson. I agree they're in couple, trouble, out. but to me it baffles wow. me that how can you not be any Last
0: year, that? in including last year, the t- season's up to this one. They're everybody, right, wrong, or indifferent, like it or not, everybody talks about him as a cup contender, cup favorite, this and that. And now we're two and a half weeks out of the trade deadline and – maybe six or seven points out of a playoff spot. Yeah. Renee's going to figure out how
2: to stop a puck. Well, yeah, they're going to have to go to the kid. I mean, it was Saros isn't, hasn't been any better. Neither of their goaltenders have, have been even close to mediocre this year in the category of, holy crap. What about the New Jersey devils?
1: What do you do there? I mean, there, that is
2: no comment. That's
1: a debacle. They're and they they're one of these teams that just fall into that category, big spenders, big splash in the off season, real active.
0: Well, my, checks my my question is the ki- my question is the kids that they have coming up. With I mean, Ray Shiro, you know, is no slouch, but the trend that I picked up with him is that he doesn't he doesn't plan a whole lot. <laughs> For the for the future, yeah, it's all uh, what can I do now to help us win now, and the spending on Wayne Simmons and PK Subban. Well, he hasn't spent on much on PK Subban yet, but uh, the spending on on those guys, the drafting of Jack Hughes, the I mean, at some at some point you got to have a pipeline of guys coming in, otherwise, otherwise you're you're a one hit wonder with if you're successful Subban. with with us with us. Successful season,
2: then flop. You know what I mean. So yeah. Subban's got to put Instagram down and start focus on playing defense again. If he gets back to the way he was, even in Nashville, which I think he was better in Montreal than he was in Nashville. If he can get back to to the game that he played, either one of those places, they're already a better team. I mean, you look at some of the games they played. They put a lot of pucks on net. You know, they they compete. They just, you know, they'll either lose six five or they'll lose two to one you know they can't they can't get it together and you know i think it comes to i kind of think it comes down to veterans like Suben I and mean, you know with Hall gone now Subin's looked at to be a leader on that team he's been in the league you know for you know almost 10 years you know and he's just got to he's got to start focusing on on playing good defense instead of what he's going to post on instagram after the game and you know, it's it's one of those things that new jersey's close but they've been close for years they're a, they're a, they're a baffling team they're not they're not what I would call loaded. Their their NHL
1: roster right now does not have a lot of blue chip prospects in it. Maybe none. They've got only got Merkley and Mike McLeod coming along up front. They got Ty Smith and well, Kevin. Well, that's Ball. my argument
0: with a guy like Ray Shero is when hey. you get in a position where you're close for a number of years. That's kind of what I mean. You have to have something to where to where you either break through and now you're a contending team or you're right. flopping and you're Edmonton for six out of ten eight years and you're drafting first overall but something's got to happen you can't keep coming in the offseason and papering over things no. for the sake of hoping you can you brought in the right pieces and paid enough money to win now and then be left in the abyss at some point you've got to go one way or the other and that and that I'm in my opinion and I think Bill Guerin's a great guy, but Minnesota falls close in that category where he it's, inherited a mess. At there. some point, you've got to in Minnesota. At some point, you got to see the writing on the wall and blow up, rebuild, or you're really going to have to get clever with your Tetris of, of, of a lineup and start yeah. to put together something that you can find yourself back in the playoffs. But you've got to you've got to do that. And I know there's arguments to be made for cap space and this and that but in general in very very simplistic terms you got to start making hockey decisions otherwise your team is kind of left You'd, right you right there Cap is the, the
2: coming and I think Caprazov is going to be is going to provide a lot for those guys but outside that sell what you got you know give you know sell Zucker high get a pick get a prospect you know do something but turn Dumba into something
1: right now um I, I'm with you. I the, and there, the, this is like we talk about these teams that are in deep trouble. It's not because they're they're not in deep trouble because they're, you know, like Detroit, if that's an obvious situation right now, but they're in deep trouble because they are so incredibly mediocre. And well,
2: they've had a carousel yeah. of goaltenders too.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you mean in uh, Minnesota or yeah. New Jersey? Minnesota. Yeah.
2: I mean, you know. Stalock will come in and play three, four solid games, and then look like he's never been in before. Kapanen, I mean, Kapanen's still young. You can't you can't rely on someone like that right away, especially on that team. And then you know Dubnik, Vesna candidate a couple years ago, he can't figure it out. You know they don't know who to start from night in night out, and that's that's a huge problem.
0: Well, uh, to close things out, we are an hour in. Um, Is it time for trivia? Trivia question coming up. But before that, any last-minute uh, comments uh, or questions or thoughts or anything on middle-of-the-road teams for the nineteen twenty 20 season?
1: Take a wild stab at who you think is going to make a splash. Is anybody, any of these guys we're talking about, we, we talked about the challenges, the upside, the downside, the guys coming along, the veterans, the cap space, the whole works. Who... Just take a stab at it because that's all we're doing right well, it's now. It's hard to predict
0: uh, because you said it last week. How many teams in the in the league have no cap room? I see. I see Winnipeg doing something big
1: because they've got about five million right now. They're going to pick another seven and a half
0: up as soon as they get the Buffalo deal the, done. That's an easy answer if they get so, the Bufflin thing done. Yeah, but aside no, from that,
1: the sky's the yeah. limit if they get rid of Bufflin. Aside
0: and, from that, to your comment. How many teams have the cap space? That's why I would
1: so big. Deadline's very few. Deadline's
2: gonna be a dud.
1: Probably. There'll be a lot of I mean if you're if your big headline guy is Chris Kreider, yeah. There's just not gonna be, and that's not people see now, I mean, after the last lockout, the the trend kind of changed. There's activity at the deadline, but there's not game breakers at the deadline. So you're seeing depth guys, you're seeing tweaks. But most everybody has to move salary out to move salary in right now. Yeah. So, well, uh, what do you think? Tell you know, I'm I'm taking Winnipeg to do something, even though Chevy's not the most aggressive GM in the world.
0: Eh, I don't know. Um,
1: Montreal, how bad is the panic in Montreal?
0: I've, I I want to say, I don't know. I want to say Toronto, but I. Dubis hasn't shown me much in terms of the willingness to do much, um, but but if he's going to do some, th- it's this deadline that you're going to see a Kapnan or a Janssen. Probably um, so. He won't be trading Nylander, but um, it's going to be it's going to be a Kapnan or Janssen being moved. Um, but if we're taking a stab, Toronto would be the team because. Um, a couple of the teams that have the most cap space, like a Colorado, they're in a position where they can maybe afford not to do a whole, to not have to do a whole yeah, lot. They're, so, um, they're on that list of teams that but, does
1: not really need to, okay. they don't need to be too concerned about it. I have, So maybe, here's a here's a wild one for you. How about, uh, well, Dumba could go, Dumba could end up in Winnipeg, but Dumba and Stalock or something, to uh, Toronto for Janssen and a prospect, a Janssen and a pick and a prospect. I don't know. What do yeah. you
0: think? It could happen, but again, it's a stab in the dark, hard to predict. Uh, I think, it's, I think it's going to be kind of a dud so of exactly a, what I was a dud of a deadline. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, closing out real quick, trivia question for for you here. For me, yes. Okay, um, just because per his comment at the beginning, it's kind of out of his. Okay, so we're doing time
1: frame. Them, we're doing them by era now. As of
0: 2019, which Canadian player has the career record for time spent in the penalty box at 3966 minutes? Got to be Tiger Williams. Yeah. Hey, hey. There you go. All right. You got it right. You did get one from back <laughs> in my day. Well, um what are we looking forward to this coming week? Whoo Still, still too far out of the, yeah to say the deadline, but
1: the stretch run, I think, well, I would imagine that you're going to see things start to shake a little bit. Somebody's going to, somebody's going to topple a domino before long. I don't think it's going to wait till the last day or two. Stretch run
0: for sure. It's uh, picking up. So, um, anyways, uh, thank you for joining the studio. My pleasure. Thanks Uh, for having me. Make sure you head to those necessary social media platforms you like and you follow. Um, Head to Apple Podcasts and Spotify, subscribe, rate and review, uh, share with anybody and everybody you know. We greatly appreciate the support. Um, I am Evan Rauer with War Room Hockey Podcast, and I will see you all throughout the hockey community. Cheers. Cheers.